Protectors Unite. This week, we're celebrating the podcast of podcasts. Welcome to The Circuit Magazine, the number one source of information on protection matters, the industry-leading magazine for all security professionals who want to stay ahead of the game. Podcast of podcasts. EP, what a great world. I'm here with Elijah Shaw, and we're going to think about our fantastic forthcoming joint collaboration with Conversations in Closed Protection and also Spencer Coulson. It was great fun. Elijah, would have been great to have you on there. What we were trying to do was looking at how different sections of the EP industry can collaborate and how there's enough space for everybody. And what would you have you know, said had you been on that uh, session? Yeah, I mean, I was really bummed out. And I remember when we were first kicking the idea back and forth and you know, we were gonna have this kind of a, a Lord of the Rings or one ring to rule them all conversation or um, what is it, the Marvel Infinity War where everybody comes together and you know, uh, we had the uh, Avengers and we the, and the Fantastic Four and the Guardians of the Galaxy. I've got a lot of pop culture references going on right now. But, um, but it, was a, it was a great concept. Unfortunately, it was tough for all of us to get our schedules in play. And, um, and on the date that we finally were able to lock everything in, my travel schedule got pushed up. So I was, uh, I was on a plane to Africa when you guys were talking. So I, I hate I missed it, but of course I got to catch the replay uh, and, and I enjoyed the conversations. And my input would have echoed the rest, which is in terms of the basic themes, you know, and, and that's the collaboration piece, the piece that we can be collaborators as opposed to competitors, that we can exchange information and exchange audiences and it's for the better of our industry and our community. Um, you know, I listen to those guys and I enjoy those guys. And from their feedback, you know, they listen to the things that we do and then we put out and, and we all support each other. And that's amazing because in our industry, there's a lot of infighting and there's a lot of, you know, trying to, you know, climb up that ladder and be the best at a certain thing. And if you're the best, that means nobody else can be in that space. But I don't believe that's necessary. And of course, you can want to win and you can want to push your brand or your idea forward. So that way you can achieve whatever it is your goals are. It just doesn't have to be at the detriment to anyone else. So anyway, I think us coming together uh, and, and kind of, you know, setting the tone and, and, and showing the industry that, hey, um, here are guys that are doing similar things and that we can be supportive of each other's things. We can enjoy each other's things and we can recommend each other's things and their endeavors. And for, um, for seasoned people that are in the industry, it might make them go, hey, I don't have to look at everything as a um, winner take all competition. And for new people coming in the industry, we can kind of set the stage and say, if these guys, you know, can have this great camaraderie amongst each other and respect each other and promote each other's projects, et cetera, you know, why would I have to look at someone uh, as my enemy, you know, uh, for lack of a better term? Absolutely. And, and the way in which they have helped us and we hopefully, I would have liked to think of helped them, you know, I think it's, it's a real testament to that. Um, Chuck Randolph and Chris Story, you know, they've been great friends of my events and, and our work. And, and of course, we did. We, we made a nod. We said, you know, hats off to them. They started conversations in close protection. 
it, it's got a different flavor from the circuit magazine sure, podcast, sure. Yeah, yeah. but but therein we find ourselves complementary. And and similarly, uh, Spencer Coyson with uh, his you know book the the safety trap, he's he's trying to be a, a trainer. He's trying to educate people again in a different way. So it was mm-hmm. a real uh, privilege to be there. I felt a little bit like a fraud because out of everybody, I'm the <laughs> I'm the guy that organizes events, right? I organize Which is events. the glue. We, we need that, you know? Well, well thanks. That's, that's kind of you to say, because I was on there, and you will hear this. Um, everyone's saying, of course, uh, when we were in the military, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, not, not me, not me. Um, but, in, you know, in, in all fairness, you know, John Moss was there, and, we, we, you know, he, he represented that side, and it was nice to see the interplay between everybody. And, I think especially during these last 12 months, there's an appetite for saying, hey, we have had a tough and interesting and sometimes, you know, maybe lonely ride. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. this kind of cross collaboration has kept us going. Absolutely. And, and, and let me just say that to, to that point there, you know, a, a big majority of our listeners, I'm sure, are aware of my individual brand, which is Icon. And I have to take that entire brand and kind of put that on my back. And I have to figure out the vision of the company and the direction of the company and, and work with our clients, et cetera. And that can be kind of a, a lonely job. So when I have the ability to work with, with you guys, with the, the British Bodyguard Association and, and from an organizational st- capacity, uh, when we come together and create the Circuit Magazine and the Circuit Podcast, you know, I, I was talking to John about this just a couple of weeks ago. You know, that, that's like a breath of fresh air for me because again, we get to exchange these ideas, bounce things off of each other, say, hey, does this work? Hey, does that work? You know, uh, what do you think about this? Oh, I was successful in doing this. You should look at this. And that's great for me. You know, uh, that's, that's it's actually fun for me. And so for us to kind of, in my eyes, duplicate that model. And when, when Chris reached out to me about this idea, you know, I loved it because yes, let's do that in, in other sectors. You know, let, you know, this podcast that I listen to and these two gentlemen that I respect, uh, quite a bit, uh, and of course, including Spencer here, uh, when I hear that we can do some things together that will benefit the industry as a whole, uh, it also benefits me personally because it's enjoyable. Enjoyable it is. And, and well, I don't want to completely duplicate what you said, but ditto, <laughs> right? <laughs> the, 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 last year, they invited me on to talk about uh, why on earth I organize events in this space. Uh, maybe it was a little bit of uh, hostile uh, reconnaissance. <laughs> I don't know, but I was honest. And one of the things I said in that little segment was, you know what? If anybody wants to set up an event, go for it, whatever. Sure. sure. And then, then Clubhouse came along and then Zoom exploded. <laughs> and, you know, people are using these, these platforms and they are doing it. Mm-hmm. And yet it makes the community better. Right. Right. It, 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 it really does. Um, so, you know, it's a shame we could have brought on uh, Sean West as well, but then maybe would have been a bit too heavy from the circuit uh, side. But but we're going to have to do a podcast of podcasts again, uh, bring, in, bring in more people from more sectors. Um, I, I'm certain that they need it. Infinity War 2. That's what that is. It's an it's, end game. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Thanos. All right. All yeah, right. It works, right? Just one click. Um, <laughs> and of course, there's lots of female operators that we, we definitely need to have onto that 
next time. I, I, I know Monica uh, Dupriest is hosting a lot of stuff on Clubhouse. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure Jackie Davis would relish the chance to, to get on loads of other people. Um, because if we are truly to do the gauntlet, the session mm -hmm. of sessions, mm -hmm. that, I mean, that would be amazing. Let's do it. All right. I'm with it. Well, let's hear from John Moss, Chris Story, Chuck Randolph, Spencer Corson, and yes, I was there too. <laughs> let's hear <laughs> the podcast of podcasts, uh, Conversations in Close Protection, The Safety Trap, and The Circuit Magazine. One ring to rule them all. Well, here we are with the uh, Executive Protection Supercast. We are joined, or we have a, a group of amazing people to talk about all things executive protection in the industry. John, Spencer, Fellum, Chris, and myself. Uh, and it's an agnostic podcast in which we want to talk about what drives us, what gives us passion, uh, what we're working on, who we service, and of course, what we have coming up for, for our own efforts and, and for the industry. So why don't we just why don't we just kind of kick it off and, and have folks kind of introduce themselves where they are what what they come from and, and what they support? John, can we start with you? Yeah, sure. All right, so I'm here representing the circuit, I guess for the most part, the circuit now the podcast, now the magazine, now events, and now some training as well. So uh, we started life back in 2008 as a newsletter. It grew into a magazine. It's been going quite well since, and we've made the rather rush decision in light of a few other good podcasts we've seen doing quite well in the industry and have jumped on the podcast bandwagon. And it's been a ride. We're enjoying it. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it, it's, it feels like a busy space, but I'm led to believe it's going to get even more so, you know, and I know from my own podcast consumption, they just can't come out fast enough. It's it's my number one source of probably both entertainment and information at the moment. You know, so we're trying to put a little bit out there ourselves and hope that we can add some value into the mix. Nice. Absolutely. Nice. How, how long have you guys been, been doing it, John? Which the, the podcast? podcast? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, and you guys are firing out content. Yeah, so we started the podcast at the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. um, and then we're like at, you know, so four months down the road now, we're still in the learning stage, you know, we're still in the making mistakes, listen, but you know, listening back to episode one, I'm like, wow, we've come on a long way, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. that, <laughs> that, that curve is steep. Yeah, that, that tends to happen. Uh, you're like, oh, God, that was so bad. Well, I, I know that I do with that with ours, right? Like, oh, my God, what were you talking about? You know? No, you're totally right. But there it's always seems to be something always comes up that's of, you know, really of interest. I mean, sometimes you think, uh, and then you start talking about a subject next thing you know, you're deep into it and pulling out insights. So what you guys are doing, John, you guys have been putting out some great stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, it's partly by design, uh, that we've got, you know, we're bringing on guests every week and we're trying not to fill the airwaves with too much of, I certainly, this, this is true of me anyway, I'm trying not to fill the airwaves with too much of my own voice you know i want to hand that space over to you know other folks who can chip in and uh, i think most people appreciate that <laughs> yeah, yeah agree yeah we try to do the same 
And, and the circuit's been around you said since 2008, right? Yeah, that's right. So yeah. the circuit started as a simple newsletter for the the British and North American bodyguards associations, and uh, th there was not much information coming out back then at kind of the operator level, you know. So you had a lot of corporate, a lot of city stuff, um, but the industry was ballooning as well as you guys know. You know, post nine eleven. Uh, a lot of new hotspots around the world. And suddenly we had this massive influx, especially in the UK, of people leaving the military, leaving the services and mm -hmm. going out to places like Afghanistan and Iraq. And, you know, there, there, there was a huge demand, but there wasn't a lot of information. There wasn't a lot of standards. There, there, mm -hmm. there wasn't much in the way of direction. Yep. And so we were... We were in a position where we kind of had contacts on both sides of the wire. So we knew people already in the industry. We knew where the jobs were. We knew whether there was a need for well-trained, highly skilled guys. And we knew those guys. So we started joining the two ends together. And then we realized that, you know, there, there was there was more. There was there was still more needed. You know, there was a lot of shortcoming. And so we've it's been a bit of mission creep to be honest you know I, it, it didn't set out to be what it is today and that's that's great in many ways you know that's that's a lot down to our membership our our readers and subscribers telling us what they want and need you know and mm -hmm. hopefully we've listened nice hey john the the circuit podcast is great I'm a, I'm a big fan of it i'm curious to know from the from the European context, with most of the people that you are interviewing on the close protection side of the house, are most of them former military, former police, or are there people like in in the United States where they're able to come up with more of just a a more civilian background, but learn the job and and do the job well? Yeah, totally. That's a great question uh, it, for our podcast, certainly because yeah, the the backgrounds of people that we invite onto the show are very diverse. And, you know, that's very deliberate. Um, we gravitate, uh, certainly speaking for myself, gravitate towards similar folk, our kin, you know, our peers. And I can sit down very comfortably and have an easy conversation with people who look like me, right? Who have similar backgrounds, right. followed, you know, a similar path. And the conversation will flow. I won't necessarily feel challenged or out of my depth. But look, who's going to learn anything from that, right? It might be interesting for the first five or 10 minutes. So what we try to do is bring people onto the show who can um, inform me. And, and I feel I'm a pretty good avatar for a large portion of the industry. And as you know, with, with our podcast, we've got four of us. And I think if, you know, across the board, we're answering our own questions, scratching our own itch, then I think that probably means we're doing that, you know, uh, certainly for the rest of our subscribers and listeners. Mm. And of course, now that we're up and running, we're starting to get that feedback and we're starting to hear, you know, uh, what else do people want to hear from? Who, who else should we bring on to the show? And it's been quite organic like that. But yeah, so... So not military necessarily, you know, not the services, just people who can offer something 
right now to the people who are listening to our show? Yeah, and I don't want this to be the Spencer and John show, but I really enjoyed that episode. Uh, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but he was the he ran the Butler School, and you guys oh, had a really great Simon, conversation. Simeon Rosette. Yes, yeah, but you guys had a really great conversation about how the protector side and the staff side can work together, and I thought that was a a really good, you know, description of how the two service industries can can coincide. Yeah, and you know, you've pulled a great one out there, Spencer. That. I really enjoyed. I, I didn't take part in that interview. And uh, as I listened back to it, I really enjoyed it. And it was great in particular. You know, we've got Pelham here, who's our anchor man. You know, he's, uh, he's, he's, the, he's the rock behind everything and the consistency. But we had uh, Sean on that particular one. And, and, you know, Sean has got a lot of experience uh, sitting with the butlers late at night you know he, he's been the operator for many many years and he's suffered the same pains and it was great just to listen to those guys sharing you know that those real life examples of what it's like on the job and uh, you, you know for, for a particular type of client and that's something that not all listeners might have experienced yet and so uh, I think it's good to be prepared for that kind of stuff and I remember myself, you know, in that particular instance, the first time that I had interactions with the butler, I was unprepared. I didn't know how important these people were, you know. So if I'd had the opportunity to listen to this podcast beforehand, I think I might have, uh, my game might have been a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, I, I, made, I made a similar mistake uh, the first time I joined, you know, uh, like a true executive protection team. And I made the mistake of saying, uh, just a secretary uh, describing someone's executive Ooh. assistant. Ooh. And, uh, man, you, you make that <laughs> all, mistake once. All information you make that ceased once. Yeah, you you want to know what a gatekeeper? How, how fast oh. a gatekeeper can cut you off? Yeah. Wow! Did, did you see? I immediately regret that. I wish I could have like captured. Uh, I have to oh, go back. And, go back right now and look at everyone's reaction when you said I made yeah. the mistake of, and you said the EA, and everyone was like. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, just yeah. It's like it was such an F and G move. Such. Whoops. Uh, well, that's no. the funny thing is that that's what it tends to become is is the the protective agent is like, hey, I'm here, I'm the person, and you have no awareness of really what yeah. goes on in your orbit, and you're like, hey, I'm here to save the day, everybody, stand back, the bodyguards here, and you and you know, as you're new, you have no idea of the inner workings of 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 a corporate site, of a of a family office, or anything. And I think those things are helpful. Uh, so, so you talked about your, your, your cleanup guy, your rock, Pelham. All right. So Pelham's like one of the busiest men in, in the, in the protective space, he, I would he say. He is the busiest man yeah, in the protective yeah. space. International man of mystery. Uh, and, and so I'm going to go to Pelham and ask, who is the circuit man? Because you mentioned there's four of you. And I want, you know, I want you to be able to introduce who, who those folks are. And, um, you know, once again, uh, Pelham, you know, I, I agree. Right, you're you're everywhere in the security space and doing great things. So, and uh, yet, I know that those folks are happy to have you. And and yet, I'm not an expert in security. Isn't that funny? Yeah, well, like, I would just want to interject here. I think right? it's called a linchpin film. <laughs> I think it's called I, a I linchpin, think, sir. Yeah, you think, can't say that anymore. Yeah. yeah, you can't say that anymore. That's you know, you've used that. You've you've used that for quite a number of years now, and I think uh, you probably know as much as anyone. It it's nice. It uh, you know. From my point of view, working with Pelham, it, it's been great. He can ask the questions, you know, 
that I'm either that I either shy away from or I think I probably should know the answer to this. So this is going to make it more difficult. Whereas Palm can just wade in there and he can just come out with the best questions. It's mainly because I don't know the answer. So I think, you know, if I ask Spencer a question or Chuck, I Chuck a question, Chris a question, John a question, um, I, I'm in end effect trying to live vicariously as a non-combatant through your experience. And so there's genuine curiosity in what I'm asking you. If I am, well, like I like this idea that the EP professional with one uh, look can be an accountant with their boss and with one look, they can suddenly change to be the person in charge and the security mm -hmm. detail. And things like that, I find rather interesting. Whereas you, you guys and, and girls out there, you probably just do it. Um, yep. But but I think I have the permission to ask the more cheeky question, the more pressing question. Mm. Uh, we, we did an event on how would an executive protection officer protect a, an ultra high net worth multi-million dollar NFT or cryptocurrency? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah. let's be honest, they're not asking you to protect it. But in my brain, the thought is, what would you do? So um, you ask about the circuit. Let, let's let's uh, revisit that. Of course, uh, John is our managing editor. Uh, we have uh, Sean and Elijah and myself. Um, and together we end up interviewing people predominantly from Europe or uh, the US. But of course, we've just been going four months. We're not uh, as long standing in, in, you know, such as conversations in close protection or, or, or Spencer's podcast. We haven't been going that long. So we do have an appetite to interview everybody. But where do we complement you? Or, or at least where do we not overlap? I'd like to say that we, we do things thematically. Mm. So, so, so um, yes, maybe we would do an expose on the life of Chris Story. But it's not Which quite- Which would be what, awesome. Well, well, you did that for me. <laughs> you did that for me. He was Last born literally. Eh? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Who uh, would play him? Hmm. Yeah. Keanu Reeves. <laughs> yes. It, absolutely, Keanu would do it. And and <laughs> so, but but I would like to say that we're bringing the pages of our circuit magazine to life, and therefore we're thematic, and mm. we're not. Um, if you look at. Uh, protector nation of of course we're, we're going to be speaking with uh byron and and icon and uh we're going to speak with elijah uh, about naba but i think we add something that is thematic that's what I, that's what i think would would separate us from everything what do you think john is that is is, is that what we're trying to do yeah i would say that's where we're going i think that's largely being because of your vision on that i think i would have just started rounding up people and asking them a whole bunch of questions you know as it came to mind uh and it's it's good to have that direction i mean you know palum when palum came on board he brought a great wealth of experience in a very particular area that we didn't have prior to that and since palum's come on board you know we've gone all guns blazing with podcasts, events, training, workshops, clinics, and that's all largely been down to Palum's experience and his total enthusiasm for the subject. 
one oh, thing not, I think not, is... not to mention his connections as well in his, his little black book. Oh, you guys yeah. have done a great mm. job, though, <laughs> of pivoting during, you know, the pandemic. You know, we've talked about this on our pod. You guys have talked about it. Spencer's talked about it. Yeah. You know, if people missed out on the opportunities over the last 12 months to learn and they just sat in their room and said, oh, woe is me, pandemic, COVID, they missed a great opportunity to reset retool, re-educate and, and pivot forward. And I would say that right. Pelham's done a great job. You guys have done a great job in saying, look, here's, it's not just an opportunity to monetize in the situation, but to say, what can we do to get content and kind of reset and get people on the same, you know, on the same page moving forward. So uh, I think that's been a tremendous, uh, a tremendous asset to the industry and, and kudos to the, whatever energy drink you have Pelham. Uh, whatever is that? teacup you have there i cut down i cut down um but no i like it and, and i think everyone's pivoted and everyone is naked so imagine i want to learn more about spencer i i, I can i can find out uh, your story online i can i can see the book that you've written i can see your your biography um and you know what if if you hadn't built that up before covid i don't think yes. that this would all be possible what do you what do you think, Spencer? What 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 has it been like for you? <clears throat> well, I'll tell you, it's it's I, I'm a firm believer in the everyday is school day uh, mentality, where if you are not looking to what you want your future to be, then you have no way to reverse engineer it to identify where those pivot points are going to land you. I had, you know, I, I of course I would have loved to have you know started doing a podcast, you know, years ago, just didn't have the time to do it. The pandemic, you know, in basically ceasing all of my travel, allowed for me to devote a certain amount of my of my of my calendar to putting this plan into place. And it just so happened that I had a book. I have a book coming out. It's called The Safety Trap. Comes out May 18th. The Security Expert Secrets for Staying Safe in a Dangerous World. Please forgive the shameless plug. It's right here. Dude, you're so good at that. You're it's, so good it's at that. Uh, available oh, in 12 well, days. I turn out, what I happens here? God. It's a pile of the safety trap. <laughs> yes, yes. But one of the reasons I wanted to do the podcast was so that I could, um, like you guys, start talking to other subject matter, you know, subject matter uh, experts in the field. It just so happened that it had the added bonus of with the book promotion getting my audience to get more familiar with hearing my voice rather than just my words so that as they are reading the book, they hear my voice in their head rather than whatever voice was curated in their consciousness. Now, what, was, what has been great with all of that is that I've been able to take things. So basically, in what, what, the way the safety trap is structured is something bad happens. I talk about how it was allowed to happen. And then I provide five protective strategies to help keep that bad thing from happening to you. And the way I structure the podcast is in a very, a very similar manner. And John, like you were saying, my very first episode was God awful. I was, I talked about the, um, the Vanessa Guillen tragedy at Fort hood. And there's this like dramatic music and I'm very thematic about it. And like, you think I'm doing like an up the down staircase PBS, you know, rendition. I listen to that now and it's just, it's cringeworthy. 
But well, I, would, I wouldn't say that. I would, but I would say, wow. What, what I, I was like, okay, Spencer. Okay, what do you got going on here? Yeah. Bro, All right. Like, Is this gonna <laughs> continue? <laughs> I'm down with the PBS stuff. I mean, most of the people are like, what are you talking about? It's like Downton Abbey, only different, folks. Right. So yeah. what I do now is I take something that happened in the news, explain how it's allowed to happen. Uh, what happened, how it's allowed to happen, and here's some things that can happen to you. And whether that be an active shooter situation or uh, um, school security or what the security situation at your local supermarket looks like, or even just, I mean, last week I had uh, Andrew Murphy on the podcast to talk about home security. And then on Monday, there was an attempted home invasion at my house. So today's podcast was all about, you know, the five days of home security and how my dog basically saved that bad guy's life so that he didn't get uh, he didn't paint my fence. If I had just he wasn't he seconds. wasn't welcomed. <laughs> he, was, he wasn't he was welcomed at one ten a.m. When my dog America. goes from zero to hero very quickly, uh, yeah. you know that you know that something's real. But well, Spencer, I, you you do a really good job though of like pointing out some like what we everyone on this call would think would be obvious, but maybe to the general public it's just kind of anonymous or in the background. Like with uh, when you were talking about the shopping and like bringing up the cameras. Hey, there's cameras everywhere. I'm safe. Well, wait a minute. Yeah, the invisible obvious is, I mean, the reason the book is called The Safety Trap is because the safety trap is the false sense of security that inhabits our, our, our inner person when our fears have been abated, but risk remains. And so giving that, that shopping center experience, it's like most people, my mother, my sister, my friends, my, you know, some of my colleagues, they walk in and they see they see the this premises is under 24-hour surveillance, and they look up and they see the camera, and they see the guard, and they see all the domes. And they're like, "Oh, this place is really secure." So no, I'm, I'm going to lower, lower my level of vigilance because this place has me protected. The mm -hmm. reality is, is that all of those all of those security systems are there to protect the products. To the extent that they can protect you is a byproduct. And I basically say, "Listen, the the, the ring camera that you have on your front door is that there to protect the mailman, or is it there to protect you? It's there to protect you." So think of those security cameras in much the same way. And just, you know, people have that like, oh, that makes perfect sense. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. So I, everything I do with the podcast, with the book, with my blogs is just to help everyone to live their very best life, the safest way possible by just identifying those realistic risks. So you can put the best practices into place so you can keep that risk from ever becoming a reality. So Spencer, you mentioned that, uh, you know, comparing back to your first episode to where you are now, that uh, things have changed, things have improved. Was that an organic process or, you know, did you have, have you, have you overlaid some form of structure into the podcast that you now follow each week? Yes. So the, I try to make the intro the same. I try to make the outro the same. So when I do my, intro i try to make it hey this is who i like at the very beginning you know like when a james bond movie where there's there's that cool mission that he does at the very beginning which establishes his skill set and then it goes into the story and then and then it goes to the credits after that i try to structure the podcast in a very same way so here's who i am here's why i'm qualified to talk about this here's what happened here's how it was allowed to happen here's how you can keep it from happening to you and then i'll say hey this, thanks for everything if you want to see some other stuff check this out and don't forget to order the book Mm -hmm. Um, but in terms of like production value or stagecraft or lighting or set design, I did my very first podcast sitting on my couch with it, with garage band on my iPhone and the ear, you know, the Apple microphone thing coming to, and 
it was okay, but it was, wasn't great. But then you start having guests on, you start seeing how other people are doing it. You start doing your own research and you're like, oh, okay. If I get a ring light, if I, you know, establish, you know, some dimensions for the camera, if I invest in a good microphone, if I have some nice headphones. So every little bit happens. And if, like I said, at the very beginning, every day is school day. If you are not doing what you can do to, you know, to improve your, 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 your life, your career, your, 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 your family, your, your function, you, you have to have that work, sweat, win mindset so that every day you're working, every day you're putting in the effort. And at the end of the day, you can reap the rewards of, of, of those seeds that you sowed because, you know, you, you put in the time, effort, and energy that was required to be successful. I feel like we need a training day quote right now. <laughs> ah, maybe. I don't know, but but I think I think a couple things like like what uh, what John you and Felon were talking about and 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 uh, uh, Spencer when we talk about when we relay something that's happened to somebody and we kind of already know the answer right and I was thinking about this this morning mm -hmm. I was listening to 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 Jack Carr's book The Devil's Hand and he describes a functions great, great book right right and describes a functions check on a on a on an AK. And we would go, oh, yeah, it's a functions check. Boom, done, right? But most people don't know what that is or what that entails. And so mm -hmm. it, it, it is important to walk through those steps. And, and, you know, of course, you know, we're falling asleep because, okay, got it. It's a functions check. But, but that's part of the, I think that's part of the process that sometimes we miss because our audience is, is usually senior practitioners or mm -hmm. folks who want to be senior practitioners. And that's who we really talk to. So we don't really get, go into those basics, but, but as you guys were talking about, sometimes you really have to break it down to say, Hey, here's really what we mean. And I think, I think in Spencer, your yes. case, as you talk to, you really don't talk to, you talk to some professionals because I, I know there are things that, that as I read the book, there are things that I've forgotten about that we just kind of take for granted. As you break it down, we walk through those steps, but it is important at times to, to kind of break those things down so people understand it. And I think that that becomes pretty important, uh, you know, based on your audience. So I have a great appreciation of, of, of how you do that. Uh, and, and it really comes to mind is that your audience is, is you really practitioners and then their families, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is, you I, make it really shareable, you know? I think that, and that's, I think that's an interesting conversation that maybe we could, we could pivot into is how do we know who, how did, how did you guys learn who your audience was? And then how are you starting to craft and tailor your message to that audience? Um, because when I first started Course and Security Group, I was still a protector. I was, so I was looking for those who needed uh, an executive protection team or who needed, you know, an escort or who needed, you know, uh, someone to be with them as they were doing public events or were on a, on a movie set or were touring or what have you. But as the more of the threat management consult, you know, consultation um, side of the house began to grow, I realized that it's number one to the everyday citizens so that they can have the protective strategies to help them succeed in staying safe. But my pod, but my podcast, my my newsletter, the the blogs that I write, they're really more towards CEOs, you know, private family offices, high net worth families. I'm mm -hmm. not really, I'm not really interested in I'm, my podcast. While it may have some, you know, um, some very good content for the everyday practitioner, I'm providing that content so that those practitioners can better explain it to their clients. Mm -hmm. and that their clients can better understand what their protectors are trying to convey to them. 
And then when those clients need to have their protective details audited or assessed or managed in some way, then they can call me for, for that support. But I'm very curious how you guys also, like, what was your journey in that process of, of what your intentions were, what you realized you were providing, and then how you were ultimately able to capitalize on those insights? Well, I'll, I'll go first. So I think for us, we were, I know for, my, for myself, I was kind of tired of all the, the basic entry level discussions, you know, over and over by different people from different perspectives. And I kind of felt like we could have a higher level conversation because there's, you know, there's the, the market for, for entry level people is massive, right? But yes. as you move up, it's more of a pyramid and there's a glass ceiling. Like there, there are no executive vice presidents of executive protection unless you're a provider, right? So, so how do we get people to the next level? How do we talk to those folks who want to be, you know, a shift lead, a manager, a director? And then beyond that, just like you said, if somebody else happens to be listening to this, an executive, somebody's looking at, at, at close protection, what do they hear us talking about? Right? Are we talking about standing post? Are we talking about, you know, what do I need to do on an advance? What does that look like? Or, or would they go, hey, there's way more to this than I see when I Google executive protection and click images and I see somebody there with an earpiece and sunglasses. And so for, from my perspective, for conversations and close protection, that's what we're trying to talk to. We're trying to bring that higher level conversation uh, instead of, you know, that's what we talk about John Wick all the time is it's not, it's not uh, guns and gear or beards, biceps and ball caps. It's, you know, how it's, it's you know, that down. from the neck up, right? Like, how do we approach it from the neck up at a higher level? Let me add to that, too. The other thing that I think is important is legacy. We have a great industry. We have a lot of people that are wanting to talk about everyday carry or knives or this. And that's all, you know, that's all fair and fine, as the big Dane might say. But at the end of the day, I, I think Chris and I also connected at the conference in talking about how do we capture the legacy stories from people in the industry? We really don't have a repository of, his, of, of history. We have people working hard every day. And I think something that I'm passionate about in the industry is to say, how do we capture these, these stories so that they can live so people can learn and we can start creating a history. So we're not always going back to the same old, same old. Now we have, and I think, you know, John and Pelham, you're doing it. Spencer, you're doing, Eli is doing it. Um, Byron's doing all these folks doing it that are capturing stories that I hope at some point we can gather and say, look, this is how we've gotten where we are. This is where we were. This is how we are. And here's, here's, our, here's our steps. And from that, we can be informed. We can learn. We can help others understand that, you know, we're not the, you know, guns, gates, and guards. We're guns, gates, guards, gigabytes. We're, you know, we're thinkers. We're risk mitigators, all those things. So I know that's personally for me when Chris and I talked about starting the podcast, gosh, I don't know, five years ago, Chris, four years yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah Chuck, I mean, when when you, when, when you talk about capturing legacy, I mean, I think that's really something that if, there, if there's one silver lining to COVID, especially like as it relates to what all of us are doing, it used to be that if you wanted to do someone's podcast or if you wanted to have their interview, it was like, hey, if you're ever in Austin, you know, would love to have you over for right. an interview. Or if you're ever in LA, if you're ever in London, or if you're ever in Seattle, or where, where, you know, wherever the case may be. But COVID kind of normalized this kind of exchange. Mm. And this kind of exchange opened up the potential for these insightful and relatable and down to earth conversations that 
so many of our audience find insightful. You're talking about, yeah, it's great that you can have someone who can come in and, you know, give you the garnish of their everyday carrier, or the car they drive, or, you know, how tight their grouping is, but you're really coming for the entree. And that's the legacy. That's their story. That's their mission. That's their purpose. That's their function. And I also uh, think some, something John said earlier, Chris and I've talked about in our podcast, we've had talks with folks offline of like, you know, the Iraq, the second Iraq war, you know, and then mm-hmm. the U.S. going over. This is not anyone's political statement either way, but saying, look, we're going to nation build, do whatever. It really like took a, you know, the private security, the PMC or the PSD, however you want to gauge that slicer segment and like escalated that at scale. I mean, you know, people on this call were all, you know, employed be, because of of it. And then, I, you know, in myself, it's interesting to me to understand that legacy, you know, like John, you, you were talking about, you know, all the private military contractors. And now that we're, you know, how many years past that war fighting activity, and now we're seeing different things happening in the environment. And I'm very curious always to look at, you know, how is the industry evolving and moving? So, you know, yeah, I, would say, I, appreciate I would say that. From, from my perspective to add, that's, you know, that when Chuck and I connected, it was about like Chuck was about legacy and I was like, cool, let's have bigger conversations. And I was kind of like, okay, we'll figure out the legacy piece afterwards. But from a learning perspective for me, you know, we are in a very judgy, judgy ass industry, right? Like if you do something right, I would have done it better. If you do something wrong, then I would have done it better too. And it's about me. It's not about, it's not about the execution. It's not about the person who did it, not about the variables that we don't have no, we don't have any idea about what affected them. It's just about really a lot of judgment and you don't really hear anything unless something saved somebody saved the world which you really never hear about we really hear a lot about mistakes and so for me it's interviewing all these people all over the world who are doing fantastic work and they're they're not heard of right so you know like we talk about patrick kane what he's doing in, in, in his segment of the industry and how his you know his being a security director literally every asset he has is in the air all the time right i mean we don't we don't look at those things because we have no no idea so so the podcast exposes us to us and the great work people all over the w- world do and i think from a legacy perspective that really sheds a, a, a i would say a really positive light on the industry and that's what i'm really you know i learned that that was was out there and i, and I think that that makes me really proud proud about what we do and not not us it's just really about what we do as an industry and and those folks that that we happen to, to have the honor of uh of interviewing yeah, Chris, yeah. You, you guys, you, you do a really great job with that. And I, I would say that's definitely inspired us. And our, our podcast evolved from a different background. You know, there's a different set of motivations that prompted us into doing this. And, uh, you know, as Pelham says, we, we try to bring the pages of the Circuit Magazine to life. And having already had the magazine behind us, it really informed. So kind of going back to, I think it was your question, Spencer, and terms of the the content yeah Yeah. and the audience and the content so for us it was kind of already predetermined by at least two factors the the biggest one by far was the fact that we had a magazine running for close to 13 years and then behind that a community but also you know in, in terms of the the podcast world we were a little late in joining that and so of course, we already had, you know, there was already these great podcasts out here, you know, most of which I'm sat with in this great conversation. And that 
gave us, um, well, okay, that's being nailed there. And these guys are doing it like this and this is awesome. And, you know, and, and it's something that we consume and enjoy. So we don't just want to copy that. And so where's the gap? Where can we slot mm. in? Where can we differentiate and distinguish ourselves? And so the most obvious thing to do was just extend, make, make our podcast an extension of the magazine and try to copy, uh, sorry, try to um, continue with the, the, the types of content that we put in the magazine. And, and so a lot of the center of focus is naturally the protector uh, on the job, what the protector does day to day, but this is all the stuff we know about. So we look to the left and the right as well and the peripheries and how, where are the gaps in, in our knowledge? Where, you know, because we're so hyper-focused on the client, the principal, our own mm. skill set as a protector, th there's got to be gaps. You know, it might be your financial planning. It might be, you know, your family's well-being. It might be your own mental well-being. And these are the kind of gaps you know, that we try to plug with the conversations that we're having. So that's definitely been our direction. And Chris, just to pick up on, on what you were saying, you know, about the judgment in the industry. And this is something, you know, that we're very aware of on our side. And we really try to strip the ego away. That's, you know, one of one of the things that we, we really focus on is, is trying to make it accessible to anyone. Mm -hmm. We don't want it to be an elitist podcast. We want anybody to be able to jump on there. And one of the ways in which we do that is we kind of force our episodes to be really quite short. And uh, Pelham is, you know, great timekeeper on this. I mean, he's literally there with the egg timer. <laughs> and I'm like, come on, let's keep going, you know. And he's like, ah, let's shut this down, you know. And I really appreciate that because... For me, if, if I end an episode and I've still got, oh, I wanted to know this and I wanted to know that, well, that's great because that gives us something else to talk about in the future, you know, and it, and it means we haven't overdone. It means we haven't uh, beaten it to death and it's still fresh. Isn't yeah. it funny how much timing plays a factor? It seems like it either has to be, you know, 20 to 30 minutes or it has to be an hour plus. Like no one wants like a 42 minute podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Or do they? They want to put it right. They want to, right. I don't know. They want yeah, I mean, maybe we'll they want a 42 minute episode of like, you yeah. know, the Winter Soldier. But yeah. uh, it's either like the Daily, which is like a tight 30, or a Joe Rogan experiences, which is like a, 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 a let's just have a conversation three hours. Yeah. Well, it's funny because when you said 42 minutes, you know, we do long form and not really by design, but that's just kind of what works for us. And you said 42 minutes. I felt my body go like, uh, and I watched Felon go, oh. <laughs> you know like so right. it's, like, it's whatever works you know i mean it's whatever works for you and, right because and, and well, 40, i say 42 too. minutes because that's like the old like one hour tv show where it's like right. a yeah. block commercial b block commercial c block and then yeah it's miserable no one wants 42 minutes but with all of this with all of this don't you think that there's two main camps the camp of the people that want to do uh this is your life that's a program in the uk you probably have it in the states as well a nice interview of someone leaving a legacy that uh, the mm -hmm. sense of barbarians to the boardroom now 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 you're official mm -hmm. and now there must be some sort of you know standard to set but then there's also the depository of categorized information 
And there, there'll always be a place for the former, but I find it quite interesting, especially imagine you've been in the services and you're used to very um, standardized achievements um, or, or standardized awards or pieces of paper, which everyone is sort of enamored by since school. We, we sort of respond to gold stars. Mm. Um, uh, you, you know, we could create a gold star right here, right now. And I bet if I gave it to any one of you, you'd be like, oh, thanks. That's very nice. Mm. Um, <laughs> Napoleon agrees with you. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, so, so what I find is quite interesting. Now, of course, there's lots of operators out there. And if you look on the LinkedIn profile, it's all gold stars. They've attended the course for the this and this and this and this and this. Yeah. But for the operator on the job or for the corporate security professional on the job, I think that the YouTubeization or whatever of information, it's allowed us to slot our piece of advice in to a particular question, which I feel is a more effective way of learning. If a, a young 19-year-old says, I want to be a CP operator, they go through uh, one of the main schools. Uh, there are so many schools. And by the way, if I mentioned any one of them, the other ones would get offended, wouldn't they? We're talking about uh, people taking swipes at each other. Um, they go through the school. And let's say I said, right, you've got to do this one course and it's all about um, mobile uh, cyber security. Okay, when am I going to use that? In the future. Uh, and now you're going to do this course on running down the stairs and then tumbling and not hurting yourself. I'll do that one. Yeah, you'll do that one. Yeah. And then we'll do another <laughs> course. We'll do another course on um, butler etiquette and how to wear a top hat. I don't know. I'm making these things up and I'm sure loads Spent of people. That one is Spencer's. You want, you want the top hat, right? Here's the thing. If you do it at the very beginning of your career, it's not going to work for you because it's better to do it at that point when you're 40 or 50 years old and you're like, uh-oh, I don't know how to wear a top hat. Let's go on and find out. Simeon Rossette from the Rossette Butler School, who was on our podcast, he tells us the correct way is dumb. And that dichotomy between the this is your life expose and you know barbarians to the boardroom, and then the standardization of information. I feel that that's the two camps we're, we're all fitting into. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah, I, it's also adult learning. You've got, you've hit it on the head. I mean, you're talking about adult, the way adults approach learning. Yeah. I also think what you're outlining is very interesting because there are those two schools of camps. There are the, the, the profiles in success, the barbarians to the boardroom. And there are those, um, you know, uh, you know, paint by the numbers. If you want to, you know, become an executive, this is the way you have to do it. And you're right. When you look on LinkedIn or when you get a CV sent or it comes across your desk and you see, oh, I attended this course and this course and this course and this course. Great. That's a, that's stepping, not one person that we have interviewed or one person on this podcast or one person that who we would want to see interviewed or whose bio we would want to read or whose legacy we would want to emulate did anything the way they were supposed to do it. All of them were rule breakers. All of them took risks. All of them saw an opportunity and pushed all the chips into the middle of the table. They had to chip a chair and a chance and they took it. Following, and I, and I think it's kind of like, you know, not to like get, you know, bring religion into this, but like the Bible is kind of like a good way to live a good life, but it's not the way you should live your life. 
And all of those courses in EP or business or what have you are a great way to kind of like, it's a good guide. It's kind of like when you're in the military and you get your operations order, you know that operations order is not going to survive the first gunshot, but you do know the commander's intent. And the commander's intent is to take this hill or get this bad guy or, you know, blow up this bridge. And so I think some people look towards those, you know, paint by the number type courses and go, okay, at least this will get me started. But the people who will be truly successful will take that path, but then have their own interpretation of it. And I think that, you know, for, for every Chuck Randolph or, or John or Thelm or Chris Story or Spencer Corson, you know, we're kind of like the sheepdogs. A lot of people are just comfortable being sheep. A lot of people are not comfortable being uncomfortable. And so while, you know, there's that, you know, come for the, come for the story, but stay for the lesson type thing. The story is the legacy. The lesson is that step-by-step. Step. And I think the reason you see that dichotomy is because a lot of people want to have the dream, but they don't want to do the work to get it, but mm -hmm. they're willing to, they're willing to be micromanaged in that, in that perfunctory step-by-step mm -hmm. step process. But that is a race to middle management. And you will never be successful in following that model. Yep. Wow. I think it kind of goes back to what Pelham is talking about and, you know, bits, you know, bits of paper or bits of metals and saying, I've just followed the course. Now I should be a level two CP following. Now I should be a level three BG. Now I should be a level four. And I, I think what we're finding, what everybody highlights in their own work is that that's simply not the way it is. I mean, there has to be a drive and passion and learning and innovation and three-dimensional thinking and all those things. So it's a good, good point, Spencer. Well, I think I think what 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 Pelham was saying too is what I, what I was hearing or seeing is is a little bit of the gap, right? Because you have the day in the life and how sexy it is and how awesome it is, and we all know that that's like maybe that much of the work, right? Mm -hmm. Which is basically what you're what you're you know highlighting about yourself that's awesome. It kind of lends me to believe, which is my my other point. We were talking about creating a podcast. You know, Spencer's talking about ring lights and all these you know uh, green screens and all this other stuff, which you know as most protectors, even I, I know for me in 2008, when I created a LinkedIn profile, like I was probably having a panic attack because I, I, I had done everything behind the scenes. I had really had no social media, nothing by design. And I put myself out there and I probably had to take a drink afterwards, right? Take a knee, drink water, because that was just so, so out of the norm, right? Now we're, now we're, you know, doing video and YouTube and like you talk about ring lights and green screens and all this stuff that a lot of uh, influencers of Instagram use to promote themselves. But this is a little bit different because we're trying to promote the industry. So uh, for, at least for myself, I can look past it, right? But there's this gap between what's sexy, right? Guns, gear, guys, gals, right? Freaking G5s. I was trying to go as far as G as possible. Um, it, all the sexy stuff that again is is just a an nth of whatever we really are what we're really doing and that's what that's what attracts people right like if you sold a, a a close protection course that didn't have any of that nobody would show up right because because not many people understand the profession enough to go hey here's really what what is the bulk of the work right uh here's the the most risky things we'll ever do and here's what i need to know because the rest of it's sexy right but once you get through the sexy piece then you have to learn how to like like film scenes you have to learn how to wear a top hat or wear a you know tie a 
you know, whatever kind of tie you need to wear or, or learn how to do cybersecurity or learn how to, how to do something that's a, to that second, third, fourth level. And that's where I think the, the podcasts come in to provide direction. And then of course, all those things you can learn off of YouTube uh, for those protectors who kind of go, hey, this is, I went to the course, it's awesome. And I'm, I'm working two or three years and I've never done a, I've never covered and evacuated anybody. I've never pulled out a long gun in the middle of the street, you know, all, all the crazy stuff that, that you see, but I love this industry and I need to learn more and I want more out of it and I want to put more into it. And I think, I think that's, at least for me, I think that's the gap that we all fill in one way, shape or the other along the career path. Well, listen, I want to, I want to say something here and I, I, I did want, <clears throat> I wish Byron had been on the podcast because I would love to get his, um, his insight on this. And this is, I'm not in any way, shape or form. Um, saying that this is his business model. But I, I did a litigation case. Uh, so my firm does a lot of litigation support. And about a year ago, I worked on a case where a uh, uniformed guard at a mall wound up shooting someone. And he was justified in doing so. And it was a, an armed assault. On, it was an attempted carjacking. And the guard's actions absolutely saved that individual's life. <clears throat> but opposing counsel went through that individual's social media account and presented photos of him with suits and guns and at the range and you know playing like Captain Commando with all of this stuff and basically presented his case as this guy wasn't a protector, this guy was looking for a fight. Mm -hmm. This guy was looking for an excuse to put all of that gear and all of that training into action. Mm -hmm. And yes, the it's, Listen, I, I don't have a, a, a photo on my website of me sitting behind my desk, you know, staring at a computer screen for eight hours. <laughs> I have a I have a photo of, you know, of me Action doing shot. something. Right. But it's it's like, but that's one small moment of of a of a 10 day op that was mostly miserable, but there was one cool second where a photo was able to get captured and it makes it look like this is the life. Mm -hmm. But that's not the life. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And but it's what people you, want. But it's what, but people, it's what people want to portray. Want. Right. Right. But we're, we're we're touching we're touching on something that I think is really interesting here, and already we've got two kind of different perspectives, and it it's kind of the background that goes to producing something that's going to be out there, where you're looking for an audience, you're looking to attract people, because of course, you know, we, we're doing all this, we, we're creating value. That's always our aim. We want people to benefit from that naturally because this is a time investment. You know, we're all pouring our time into this. But also, we, we want to be informed. We want to get the feedback. And, and, and the wider, you know, that net is, the more feedback we can get, the better that can steer us in the decisions that we make for our audience. Mm -hmm. And so, and it's interesting because we got two British guys on here as well. And... I have a I have a feeling I have a sense that the kind of self promotion the backstory the ring lights the cameras the audio and all of this comes a lot more naturally and a lot easier to you guys but also it's better received across the pond mm -hmm. in the states and so there's a few things here and I'm and I and I'm wondering what you your own perspectives are on this and so one of them is you know kind of chris touched on this a bit and that's you're doing all this to promote the show promote the value that you're putting out there 
but you kind of need to keep yourself in check a bit, right? You need to make sure mm-hmm. that this stays about the show and not about me. But people are interested in me and I am part of the show. So how do you measure that? So that's, so that's one thing, right? And then, of course, you know, you, you have, well, how is it achieved by the audience? And also, if I'm putting myself out there, you know, I'm used to being in the shadows. I'm used to taking a step back and by design being the gray man. And now I'm throwing myself out there. So what are the consequences of that? And given that you guys all have been doing this longer than we have, I'm just wondering what your experience is in this area, horror stories, you know, good things, bad things, whatever you got, throw them out there. Well, I think first it was interesting because as we're talking about the, the, the sexy pieces, right? The guns and the, and the kitschy photos and all the, all that stuff. I, I, I'm looking at you guys going, oh yeah, you guys, you guys kind of don't really deal with that so much with the exception of the folks that are doing PSD, you know, cause that's not, that's not essentially the, the, the culture of the environment. Um, I think for, for us, we really haven't really talked about ourselves that, that much. Um, the only thing that we do that kind of that I think that we do that gives insight into our thought processes is when we do our tack talks where we'll, where it'll just be Chuck and I, for the most part, that's just giving our thought process and opinion. And then of course we'll talk about how, uh, or what the interaction with with our guests was. And then we'll talk about the subjects and that kind of gives insight into our thoughts and our thought processes. But I would say for us, we really haven't talked about each other so much we did one interview that was chuck interviewing chris and chris interviewing chuck about backgrounds um i think the only people that listened to that were like our moms uh for the rest of it was uh number one fan i gave yeah. it a good 10 minutes <laughs> thanks man appreciate it but, the, but I, was, really, I was listener number three really it comes out i think for us it really comes down to to the listeners right i mean i mean i'm sorry to the guests and and the guests really you know uh, being able to sell the, tell their stories and the listeners tend to um, enjoy that a little bit more. That, that's my Chris, perspective. It, you, you might not even realize this, but you are growing. I mean, obviously you're the consistent part of the show. So the mm-hmm. guest comes on one week, you're on every week and you know, you become associated with the show and it's spanning the whole of the English speaking globe that has an interest in this area Mm -hmm. so like it or not you know your profile does grow and you are out there as much and and you know like you say as much as you try to rein that in Mm -hmm. but i think the thing is all of us whether you're monetizing or you're just putting information out we approach it like we're trying to get information out and I think that's a, that's a, everybody that's here or the people that will be represented. I think that's something that differentiates, differentiates all of us from a lot of others. Like we're trying, yes, of course, Spencer's got a book and we, you guys have got um, the magazine or conferences. Chris and I have, you know, impending book on the horizon and things, but at the end of the day, it's, we're not doing it because of that. We're doing it because we have a passion to do it. We have a passion to inform the informed practitioners or to inform as Spencer might say, as I look up in my left-hand corner of the screen, um, might to inform those people receiving it or as Chris and I to elevate a conversation. I think that's maybe something that comes across when I listen to all of our stuff is like, it's really putting something above us and above putting us out there. And I actually don't even, I'm with Chris. I mean, I always consider more like, God, we got this, you know, 
we had go noisy on there and that was super interesting what we had or when we had dean on there talking about his experiences and i think to myself man it's amazing that we're that we have these folks on and listening to their 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 tales and their stories so yeah and, and it's interesting that the the two guys that that couldn't join us were the two that really 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 mm -hmm. balance a, a really good job of of self-promotion and industry promotion that's not um it, it, it doesn't seem to be self-serving, right? It's, it's like, a, yeah. it's, it's an excellent balance. And, and, you know, I started recognizing that about Elijah, probably like 2012, like he did a really good job of like promoting himself and doing all the things and being a, you know, ambassador in the celebrity industry, uh, celebrity uh, protective space without whoring himself out, to be honest with you. Right. I mean, I've been at events where a guy's like, cool, here's my business card. And it literally has a photo with, with every person they've ever protected there's the guy, right? Completely uncool, but a great balance of that. And I think uh, Byron, who will be joining us uh, separately, is uh, he does a great job of making it look cool, okay, and and kitschy and awesome. But then he he swings over and 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 kind of gives you a, a, another under, a, a different perspective of it, which really really isn't a, isn't about him. So if you take Byron at face value. You're like, oh, that guy, blah, blah, blah. Then you realize and you talk to him and, and like, we you know we had a great interview with him and he's a great colleague. He's like really, really genuine and really down to earth. And so you get to understand those two different personalities, um, you know, or two different uh, uh, promotions, uh, not unlike a lot of different entities, you know, like you get to see who, you know, Charlize Theron is, but you also, if you get to talk to her, you know, you've got the public pers persona and then you've got the, the private persona and often they're, they're, they're pretty close and intertwined. And I think we're pretty lucky in this space that, that a lot of the folks that we, that we talk to are very genuine, just exactly as you see them. But because we're judgy, we go, oh, there's that guy with the, with a photo of a suit and a, and a, you know, AK or a, AT4 or you know, whatever. And, and, AT4. and we, we make the judgment, right? So um, I think that everybody has a really good balance of it, uh, depending on what they're doing. And yes, John, uh, one time I was at a, I was at the range and some guys like, I'm like, Hey, my name's Chris, whatever. He's like, you look really familiar. You know, my, my go-to is like, Hey, you ever been going to, you ever been to prison? You know, which is usually a great icebreaker. And, uh, and he's like, no, no, you're on that podcast. I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. And he, you know, it was, that was kind of cool, you know, but, but we really kind of try to focus on, uh, on the guests. Yeah. And I guess my only input on this would be that there's a difference between using social media to promote your personal opinion and using social media to promote your professional brand. Um, I mean, I, I know that social media, at least in my work is both legitimacy and transparency. People want to see, are you the kind of person that's going to be Listen, like when, when I was on the protection side of the house and we got a profile of whoever our driver was going to be, and if I looked at his social media and it was him with his family and, you know, at the gym or doing yard work or at sports games or, you know, who, you know, what have you, great. I, I, I want this guy driving this. If I pull up someone's profile and it's, you know, selfies in the back seats with every celebrity he's ever driven, this guy's probably going to be sharing, you know, my client's stories as well. So you know, that's something to take into consideration. Spencer, at the last, you know, close protection conference that everybody should attend, especially since we didn't have anything last year, but, you know, we always have a business of EP panel. Um, and I'm trying to remember, we, we had one at the last, the last actual physical one. And we, we had a former prosecutor was talking about what happens if you have an incident, say it's a shooting or something around 
or, or you know, say maybe you're a protector for the folks over the water, you know, hand to hand or something. We had a former prosecutor as part of the panel. And I remember her talking about social media and said something when I listen to everyone here, and I know if I go on all your social media accounts, all I can see is additional charges that I'm going to throw at everybody. Yep, that's exactly. What and there was doing. like the, everyone in the audience was like, "What?" And I and I may be that's misquoting exactly but, what that lawyer did in yeah. that in that case. And so I think it's 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 you know, and again, this is why I wanted uh, uh, to have Byron on the podcast. But I th I think I also think that when we're talking about like the audience thing, is that I think Byron, who is a brilliant social media manager, like if he ever like broke his leg and couldn't do protection work for a while, he should go work for some like Fortune 100 company doing their, you know, reputation management because he's brilliant at the social media component of, of the business. But I also think he's mostly targeting people that his audience is people that he wants to attend his schools and seminars, not the the CEOs of, of corporations or um, you know people in need of like threat management work. So his his he he knows the draw. He knows that those people playing Call of Duty, where he's on the cover of the of the of the poster for it, you know what I mean, is going to get people to be like, oh, if I can be like him, then no one will you know uh, take advantage of me. And so if I if I follow Byron, if I do this training, if I learn these skills. I can help keep myself and, and maybe others safe. But the flip side to that is that if he was on a protective detail and he did get into a, an armed engagement, you're exactly right. That prosecutor is gonna have all the evidence in the world to throw at him. And I, I'm just curious where that, the, the, you know, like when you see The Rock and he's like promoting a movie and so he's you know, all gunned up, but then you see The Rock at home and it's him making pancakes with his kid. He's doing that deliberately so that there's a clear delineation between the professional actor and the husband at home. And when those two aspects start to bleed into each other, it makes it very difficult to untangle them when you need to have a story that is believable and concise and true when you are in a court of law and your ass is on the line. Yeah, it, sounds, it sounds like the quiet security professional question, isn't it? It's, it's a, and, and what on earth that quietness is? Is it quietness because you're not saying anything? Was it quietness because you've carefully orchestrated your image? Um, I did a nice one with uh, Lee Orton, Tim Wenzel, and then Chuck Andrews also came on, the, the oh, uh, nice. friends of Chuck. And um, we were pondering this question uh, because some young professionals have been uh, slapped down by their employers. Uh, they literally posted some things with a black background or a green background. And they said, oh, you can't do that. You're making a fool of yourself. And, and what they were trying to do is create a personal brand like Byron or like mm. Spencer. But they were slapped down because they were in somebody's employ. And that's another story, what that kind of means. But I'd be interested in exploring the quiet security professional. Does that mean Stumpf? Or does that mean more discreet? And and then what if what about those young professionals who are just trying to get into the game? They don't have a backstory. Their backstory is I'm fresh. Um, how can we balance it? I think maybe something to add to that is it, it, with discreet is also thoughtful. 
you know, when social media first started and probably everyone on this call remembers like AOL and, and the, and how we got to Facebook and Instagram and clubhouse and all that. And at first it was like, Hey, everybody needed to post something because it was important that people knew. And I think over there, what we've seen in the quiet professional space and the folks that like I follow, and I, I will call them true influencers, you know, there is that kind of balance, you know, the rock being the, the hardest working person in the room and showing that I'm at work, I'm at play, I'm at rest. And I think a lot of that goes back to thoughtful. And you can see those folks, if you, if you look, they're thoughtful posts. Um, and I, I think that's maybe some, another uh, piece to add to that, Pelham. Well, well, it's interesting. The Really, it's about balance, right? And, and your approach to risk, you know, how much risk am I, am I willing to absorb in this to, to create my brand? What does that look like? And, and what risk vectors uh, will affect me, you know, based on what I post? I would say um, some of us have, you know, are, are out there, you know, and we've got some really cool stuff out there, but it, it, there's a lot of risk attached to it. I'd say probably one of the guys that had the most influence on the uh, executive protection space in the last couple of years, Aaron Malden, um, really posted his forehead and his, uh, and his shoes and his suitcase, right? I mean, wherever it was, you saw that, you know, I, I like to call it the famous forehead uh, and maybe some, there were some eyes in there and then a pair of Chuck T's, you know, and a suitcase. And really help promote the pro, promote a lot of the industry within that. And yeah, he he was able to he salted in some uh, some rain stuff and some having fun and, and and doing some different things. But he was very very. I think it was different because some of us our brand is us as individuals. Where he was promoting his his brand, but he also promoted his company's brand, and that and he kind of kept those a little bit separate, right? And there was enough balance in there, I think that that you're able to see what this person did. They traveled a lot um, for work. Um, they were able to do, you, you saw, you know, as you look at that overall picture, what does that picture say? Is it picture say that you're trying to be John Wick? Does it picture say that you're a professional, you travel, you've got a family, you know, it's balanced. And I think so really what it comes down to is like risk and balance because social media is new for us and, and, and new for us as an industry. How do I promote myself and my talents and my brand, right? to be with what, with where I am in the industry, you know, it's kind of hard to, you know, like, like Spencer was talking about the keyboard isn't sexy. Here's, here's me doing threat assessments. Here's the other thing. Here's the, and I agree that Aaron is great at that, but the difference is, is that Aaron can afford to do that. Cause he's got a guaranteed paycheck coming in every two weeks. If Aaron, well, yeah, there's that, you know, if you know what I mean? So he, he doesn't have to promote a, he's he's not the business he's a functionary he's he's a, a guy working for a guy who has hot been hired to protect someone mm -hmm. if aaron had his own business and was promoting his own brand i guarantee he'd be much like some of the best protectors i know who have like one single family ultra wealthy client and have a business that you know is is kind of a loan out for them to to do that Mm -hmm. that function have very little social media presence. I mean, Clint Emerson prior to having his book come out was a ghost, like a literal ghost. Couldn't find him anywhere. And in fact, the only like backstory you ever find out about Clint Emerson. And I know you guys have him. Is it, does that podcast come out today, Chuck? Today. Yeah. Today. Can, yeah. Cannot wait to hear that. Um, is that's going to be my, uh, my, my soundtrack during my workout today. But try to find something on Clint Emerson before 
he had to make that pivot to to self promotion. Mm -hmm. And one of the first things that he said to me when when I was talking to him about you know writing my own book, he was like, "Hey man, you're gonna have to get out of your comfort zone. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to promote yourself because no one's gonna be a better ambassador of your brand than you." Yep. He's like, no, let, let me ask you guys a question because I know this is a lot of new folks or, or folks that have been around. They're they're waiting like somebody right now, help me. So what if we kind of went around the horn? what would your two or three suggestions be for somebody who's out there and having to balance this? Like I need to be a quiet professional, the gray man. But if I don't have a social media presence, that's almost the opposite. Now where people are like, you're not on Facebook or LinkedIn, what's wrong with you? How, what would suggestions be from, from this wizened cast of characters? Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give you three right now. Yep. Are you trying to promote yourself or are you trying to promote a brand? Number two, are you trying to monetize your content or are you trying to sell something through your content? I have a business. I am promoting me. I am trying to sell a book. Everything I do is in of surrounding or in support of those endeavors. And number three, how much risk am I assuming in this effort? What is what I mean, take a real on audit yourself with honesty about the real world risk you are assuming by promoting that agenda and then move forward from there. So personal or, or professional monetization or not risk. Now, how, you know, John and, and Pelham, you know, being our representatives over the water of the, the minder set, how would you, how would you, what advice would you give to some young practitioner saying, how do I balance my, my brand in, in, you know, being out there with not being so out there? Yeah. So it's a really good question for somebody on our side of the pond, because I think maybe the tables are a little different and certainly starting out myself it was a case of I don't really know what social media is I mean I can see it I can see how it's being used but it's so new the internet is so new it's going to develop it's going to change how is it going to be viewed when we look back at that you know and do I know where I'm going to be working in five years in 10 years what the industry is going to look like, what that client is, the organization, what their preferences are going to be. And if I can't answer all of those questions, which I couldn't. So for me, and, and my advice would be to play the safe game in this industry and to have a very measured social media presence, but not to be completely invisible. Because I think that is eyebrow raising in a, in and of itself. So yeah. I would, my advice would be to have a presence, but for it to be very measured, very controlled. Every time you post, think of it read by or from the perspective of every potential employer, family, high net worth that you might want to work for in the future. And if you're uncertain about anything, then don't hit enter interesting John, you just made you just made me think like if you have a mentor or someone who's giving you feedback you know and going back to what you said spencer about how willing are you to put yourself out there saying like yeah. hey pelham if if i'm if you're mentoring me or i've like could you give me an honest feedback about my social media i mean that that's that's well, interesting and good points john if i am 70 years old then my perspective is going to be both great and rubbish Great in that I can give you a wealth of experience as to how 
um, I will view you and I might view you as a young upstart. How dare you consider to uh, have such a presence? You need 70 years uh, on your CV before you can do that. Mm-hmm. But uh, but then, I, of course, I, I'm, I'm rubbish because I don't realize the naked, unpolished content wave that's coming through. Everyone is still busy talking about millennials. I'm sorry, millennials are yesterday's news. It's the Gen Z that are really shaping what everything's going to be like. It's going to be a lot of unpolished content. But that doesn't mean you can go wild and you need, as John said, to consider what someone's going to think. So my small thought on this is there's a lot of stuff you can do that is not you, but yet is promotion of you. You look at my Instagram, uh, my personal one, it's pictures of scenery, not where I live. It's pictures of a nice flower or a cool car or whatever I've done with, pho- you know, Photoshop. Now, you can send that- me the link to that later, Palam. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a friendly <laughs> now your moment of zen. Exactly. It's, 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 it's that type of thing. Or if you look at my CTG account, it's, you know, pictures of a panel or it's a picture of an event. <clears throat> There's a lot you can do. You could even create an avatar. You could create some cartoon character of yourself. There's a lot you can do before you have to go out and bear your soul, um, which may or may not look good later. You know, let's say you bared your soul and you say, I have a very strong political opinion. Cool. That might be popular today, but in 20 years, what if mm. everything has changed? Mm. That's a tattoo. So anyway, that, that's my ramble. Yeah. But I think there's a lot of cool stuff you can do that is not definitely you. Yeah. Yeah. I think I John made a really good point. Sorry, Chris, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. I was just going to say, you were, you were saying that I have a chapter in my book, all, which is all about oversharing and the amount of, you know, people don't realize how much personal information they share online in a six month span. But to your point about that, you wouldn't want something that you posted, like, you know, read to your mother. I have a, a quote in my book where like, don't put anything online, don't say anything online, don't post anything to Instagram or Facebook that you wouldn't be comfortable being on the front page of the New York Times the next morning. Because if someone finds a grievance with what you said and that does go viral, I mean, I'm thinking of the uh, the woman's name escapes me who made that, you know, off color oh, yeah, yeah. about hey, New York? going to no going yeah she was i think she worked for an ad agency but she's yeah. going to south africa she's like going to south africa hope i don't get aids haha ha, just kidding i'm white and had yeah. 87 followers on twitter but by the oh time she gosh. landed in south africa had you know a million followers and had death threats and had to have an armed escort you know wow. get her back to new york where york was then beard and I mean, her world went to hell in a handbag just from 120 characters. Yeah. But uh, yeah, well, you're exactly that, that and, and but that's choices. what I'm saying about, you know, the, the 100%. Yeah. So that's I, the I, risk assessment part. So I would say, and, and I guess, first off, Spencer, I would say that uh, when we first talked, that was my, I was like, man, this guy, this guy gets it. Because I know that one of uh, our, my sticking points is being comfortable to promote myself Right. I mean, I go with, you know, Felon's deal is like, I'll just post up and you'll get a feel for me, but you won't get all of me. And, and, and I have a great appreciation for your approach to business where you're like, Hey, look, dude, it's about the business. I pivoted. 
I'm going to promote these things. And, and I assume the, you know, all the risk in that, but you know, I'm not going to do anything that puts me on the New York times and I had a great appreciation for that. From my that. perspective, you. the, you can do it safely by promoting, uh, in professional places, I would say uh, LinkedIn is a great place to pr uh, push mm -hmm. articles, to push thought processes, as long as you don't get political. And I would say the next piece is uh, is Clubhouse, where Clubhouse, from my perspective, is if you're not in the audience, but you come up on stage and you give an opinion, um, that's a great way to promote yourself in terms of, let's say I've got a room of 50 people, but I, I raise my hand and I come up on stage and I may not know, maybe I just ramble, maybe I, I give an opinion, maybe it's Maybe it's close enough, or maybe I don't have any experience. I'm just saying, hey, I don't have any experience in this. I'm just glad to be here, and I just want to say thank you. Well, if you do that a couple times, people are going to know you. Those 50 people are going to know who you are over the person who sits in the room and doesn't say anything, mm -hmm. right? And so if I go, hey, who's Chris Story? And, and you're like, oh, Chris Story, yeah, that's the guy that's in the clubhouse, and he always says something, and I remember he and, he, and he's – he started out, this was his background, but he's evolving over time. And I've heard him four or five times. He might be a good yes. guy to talk to. It's a real-time interview where people can understand who you are and where you come from, or at least your thought processes. There's a lot yep. of risk in that, right? If you, if, you go, if you do it live, but if you have a thoughtful approach to it, um, that's a good place to either ask questions, you know, and seem, uh, you know, inquisitive, professional, et cetera. And I would say, you know, that's a, that's a great way to do it. And it doesn't last forever. Right, and you can correct mistakes, uh, and it's a great place, you know, for for you to to test some things out versus Listen, uh, you know posting it forever. That yeah. that clubhouse room is fantastic, and I think you're exactly. I mean, how many great um, you know thought leaders have come up on that stage, or um, you know, it was great to see like Camille go from the audience to the followed by you know the the people on stage to being on stage herself. But then on the flip side, you're going to have, uh, I'm not going to say his name, but you know, Mr. Uh, you, well, you need to know how to negotiate. I'm just like, you're talking to a room full of negotiators. We know <laughs> yeah. this. You know, positive and, uh, and negative. You know, hasn't been back you know, since. But, um, something, else yeah. for, something else for folks to think about when they're posting is, this is a crazy idea, uh, and, but a little bit of gratitude goes a long way. I think something that Chris said, like, hey, just stand up and say, I just appreciate what you're doing. And Pelham, I know, I know it's something that you're involved in, but you know, this idea of like, it's, it's somebody said it earlier. A couple of people said it. We're all, there's a lot of Monday morning quarterbacks or Monday morning footballers for you folks over there. Um, <laughs> and it's okay though, to come on and say, Hey, I appreciate everything you, you all are doing. I think we're seeing more of that in the industry, which I think is good. And I, I think these ideas of mindfulness and, and all that, you know, are, are also coming to light. You see it over in the special operations community. It's ble bleeding its way over into the protective operations community. And I, I think that's a good thing too. you know, being thoughtful, understanding what you're putting out there and not everything has to be shit talking someone else. Sometimes it can be like, you know, we've said before, raising the tide or whatnot. Yeah. Well, Chuck, what's I next? For, to, what's next? Uh, Chuck, just one second uh, before we, we jump into the what's next. I just wanted to say that I think that you and Chris, with your podcast and your respective social media platforms, have been huge in championing the thought leadership of others and in giving you know other practitioners a voice and other practitioners uh, an opportunity to speak or to provide insight or to to do what what they can. But you know, I one of the things that I really love about what is happening in this industry is kind of like what's happening today is kind of what happened in the, in the comedy world a couple of years ago where mm -hmm. the Rogans and the, 
and you know people like that started pooling oh, everyone's pack. talents to yeah and 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 you know to uh to chris's favorite quote you know using that rising tide to help raise all ships um sorry i just wanted to throw that out there and and just say thank you for not only what? helping to promote my voice but for promoting everyone on this podcast as well much appreciated uh, much appreciated and everybody's doing their their job and it's it's uh we're all doing yeoman's work to uh to usher it forward so um thanks thanks for well, changing yeah. the nautical theme chuck appreciate it you, mm -hmm. we're good we like, like that right we get we're able to do that yeah can't wait to come up with the objective for this well one. like like well like uh, Fallon said earlier it's all about just keeping a good constant theme you know That's really what you're trying thematic. to accomplish here thematic. I, I get people i get you know, we get a lot of feedback on the podcast. I'm sure, you know, you guys get it in the circuit. You get it on, on, on Corson's Corner. One thing we get all the time is like about the objective of the week. Like, what are you going to use to describe the, you know, you know, across the digital divide with Chris? So this, this will be an interesting one to come up with for sure. I don't know what to say. So what's next for folks? I'm, yeah. Listen, coming up next for me, the safety trap is uh, available for pre-order everywhere. Didn't see uh, that coming favorite, at your all. Your favorite <laughs> books are sold. Uh, it is available in hardcover, ebook, and audiobook, and it will be available everywhere this May 18th. So get your nice, copy. Nicely done, my nice. friend. Nicely also, done. also, I want to throw this over to, to, to Fallon because, because the irony in, in a guy who puts on a three-day event wanting short... Uh, uh, podcasts, uh, it's, it's palpable, but, but understandably, cause he runs three day events and he can only afford to have short podcasts. So I think this, I think it's, that's the driver, John. I, I don't know. I, think I do lots of one days. On I do lots of one day events. <laughs> Dude, I, I'm saying, I'm not saying that as a bad thing. I'm saying it as, I don't know how you, I don't know how you do it. It's very, very impressive. You know, you know, that, uh, the, the nursery rhyme, row, row, row your boat. Yes. <laughs> Yes, that that's how I do it. <laughs> Again, keeping with the nautical theme. Thank you. You, nice. you, 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 you well, don't sing. You need you need to start at different entry points in the song, and then you end up with many just, many just iterations going. of the same song. Yeah, yeah. Well done, Horatio Hornblower. I think that's the internet algorithm. Well, John, well what's done. what's what's next for the circuit? I mean, you guys are really expanding. It's it's kind of exciting to to watch it all happening in mm -hmm. in the involvement. I mean, what are you guys going to break into next? Documentaries, more YouTube stuff. I mean, see what well, I did there. Yeah. Well, no. Thanks for the suggestions, but I think we're um, I think we're juggling as many balls as is feasible at the moment. Um, you know, so long as it's all serving the the audience then that's that's all we care about really and how do we know this and, and this is the key to it all so the one big area that underpins everything we're doing is the audience and we've been building something in the background called bba connect now it's not new it's been out it's been out since the start of the year but we haven't shouted about it a lot we've used it to to transfer our, a lot of our audience from the likes of our Facebook group and so on, where we have little control. We all know the issues with Facebook and bring them into our own communities where we can talk to them directly, where they can have a voice, they can have a say, we can hear them and we can do something about it. So we're putting out all this content, but we want to hear from people. We want to know that this, that we're hitting the mark and it's great as well that if we can 
bring on a guest if, if we put a, a new contributor into the magazine that they can get feedback too and that we can build a discussion from that and it's it's becoming quite a holistic ecosystem that we're building but without the community a lot of that was missing we were kind of throwing stuff out there mm. you know into the ether and just hoping that it was hitting in the right place. Well, now with BBA Connect, now that it's an app, you can log on on the web, you know, people can send us messages, we can reply instantly. It has become a really powerful thing for us and that's what we're working on. That's what we're building, uh, giving people the opportunity to have their say and we're listening. Very cool. That's cool. What about us, Chris? What's up? What's up with us? When's, uh, when's no episode idea. 100? I don't even know what day it is. <laughs> yeah, that's the next big thing for us is 100. In when July. Is that, Chuck? Sometime in July, de depending. Yeah. What, what, was, what was today's number? Oh, gosh. I, I have to uh, go look. We, we don't have, I don't know, because we do episode and uh, we do season and episode. So, and then it's all wonky because we started out doing once a month and then right after the second season we did twice a month and then we said okay never mind it's not working we need to do once a week that's an so interesting it's kind of like so weird do you do seasons now. and john felt throwing this to you guys too how do you guys do seasons or do you just do episodes i don't know ask me in a year we're doing season one at the moment <laughs> we're doing I, I, seasons I think, nice hey i'd love nice. to know how you guys break a season and, and at the end of a season do you take a break and are your seasons that... annual like calendar sure. year like how, how does that work so at, that's a great question because um we, Chris and I, we, we have a normal planning meeting. <laughs> yeah. And this will be this coming year. We're actually planning a break I, and it's really cool. It involves some of the folks that are involved in this particular episode of uh, a very interesting way that we're going to take a break um, without losing any momentum. So, but yeah, up until now we haven't taken a break and that's something Chris and I kind of realized in talking to some other podcast professionals that aren't in the protection world that said you've got to take a break you've got to to, to have some space and uh exactly. so we we've got some we've got some white noise coming that we're going to use to figure out some things that we we've got coming down the pipe in terms of books and in publications and other things what am i missing there chris nothing really i mean i think i think we continue to get some really cool guests um that either are specialists in the industry or, or, you know, have transitioned to, to generalists. And I think one of the things, I'm, I don't know if we all do it, but, but like, I know when I see one of your podcasts, I'll go, oh yeah, that person's, that's going to be a great podcast because that person's mm -hmm. a, a great guest and we've tried to talk to them or, or they're on our list to talk to. And, and I think it's really cool when we get to um, speak to different people about different things. Right. I mean, because uh, you know, um, Ed Calderon on, on the circuit is going to be a way different interview than he was with us yep. versus Courses Corner because we all have different interests and we want to understand different things about those folks. So, um, you know, I think we've got some really cool space interviews coming up. In other words, different parts of the space that can hopefully educate some folks, uh, which is kind of what we like to do and just hear about more things and, and go from there. So nothing massive, although Chuck keeps, you know, how many times we hint at YouTube before we did it? I think it was probably... Maybe yeah, a couple months. We, that's, uh, that's that's what, the Chuck next. just throws the dart and then we have to follow it, right? Like he yeah. keeps saying book, right? So he's dropping the book gauntlet. So now we're gonna when we take our break, that's gonna be uh, we, like the book. But we've actually book. we've started some planning around that and we're excited about it. Yeah, here hey, we go. I have another question for everyone, just real quick. 
outside of protection name two podcasts you listen to and it can't like can't be conversation close protection or, or you know corson's corner or anything just not what are two things that you listen to that you like that you might recommend for folks that are maybe outside of of the norm that that you would suggest spencer uh i love this one podcast on the ringer network called the rewatchables and uh, mm -hmm. the premise is they just basically go back and watch, uh, they talk about old movies that would otherwise, if you were like flipping through the channels and you're like, oh, this is the part where they do this. I'm, I'm in for the next like 20 minutes. And they have That's categories cool. and it's, uh, it's, part of the Bill, it's part of the Bill Simmons uh, podcast cool. network. It, it's, it's one of my favorites. Um, Rogan, obviously. Yep. And then every morning I listen to the, the Daily, their uh, 30 minute breakdown. And then I listen to the NPR uh counter one which is yeah. like 30 minutes 115 that's my dog walking coffee drinking um just news of the day type stuff and yeah outside of you know the ones that we all listen to anyway like the the jockos and the goggins and the you know jordan petersons and all those guys um i, I guarantee if we all cross-referenced our podcast playlist we'd have at least 30 percent similarity john what do you what do you listen to outside all of right. uh, well, well, I'm a, a total history buff, at least at least when it comes to uh, podcasts, and I like to combine the entertainment factor with the the learning and the interest. And for me, uh, Dan Collins' hardcore history just oh, blows yeah. me away. I mean, it, it blows me away that this guy can do two episodes a year and have the following that he's got, you know, but it's so deeply researched. His Genghis Khan so episode is awesome. Well, don't spoil that for me because I haven't listened to that one yet. <laughs> you know, and this is the thing, because the, the way it fits in uh, with, the, with the way I work, I, I, there's no way I can listen to one whole episode straight well, off. You that's know? because the Genghis Khan episode is like eight yeah. hours long. So exactly. It's, it's so it's amazing. I, I listen to it, you know, in a 20 to 40 minute burst and it's fantastic. And it keeps me, you know, waiting yeah. to come back, hanging on the edge of my seat. It's, it's an amazing podcast. Anything else that you would recommend folks add? Well, again, I mean, you that's know, enough. So, so exactly right. I mean, you, you know, but if you wanted another one, again, history, it's called The Rest is History. It's a bit oh. more of a lighthearted take, uh, shorter episodes, and it's a, it's a discussion. So you get more than one point of view, uh, both great, great podcasts. Yeah. What about you, Chris? I know you listen to a lot of stuff too, and you yeah. listen to a lot of books on tape, but non like security stuff that you're like, hey, just add this to. So I listen to a lot of books. Um, so non security stuff, Jordan V. Peterson. Uh, I think that I think he's Agree. brilliant. Um, and I, I've really been enjoying reading and listening about the human uh, psyche and psychology. And then the next one would be probably off the wall for, for most folks is a CFO thought leader. Um, mm -hmm. talks about, uh, you know, chief financial officers and where they are in different spaces and, and different markets. And uh, from a business perspective, uh, I really enjoy listening to that nerd. I know, but it is what it is, you know. <laughs> I like that Chuck aged himself with books on tape. Yeah, there's no. that. Walking <laughs> around with a cassette player. No. Okay. All right. Film, what about you? Um, two things. One more sanguine and, you know, that you might expect. Um, today, I found out uh, by uh, Simon Whistler. It's mm -hmm. uh, I don't I don't know whether it's because of how he presents the topics. Uh, maybe maybe it's all down to him being a great uh, orator. But but he puts together well thought through um, 
things, you know, and I think Chuck will, you know, listen to this one as well. Trek culture, uh, mainly because we do like to keep up to date with uh, the latest Star Trek going on. <laughs> and of course, we're very interested in season two of Lower Decks and season four of Discovery and season yep. two of Picard. And so how else are we going to get uh, up to date with that? That's a good one. Nice. Um, I would add to that. Um, I'm, I love Beyond Normal Limits, our good friend, Brad Christian. Uh, I, his, the way he interviews people, I, I just, I really like it. Um, I'm a fan of the Cyberwire, kind of boring, but, you know, it's five to seven minutes of what's going on in the cyber world. Really good for non-cyber folks. And um, I recently, I'm just kind of looking at, like, what have I been listening to recently? And, you know, like along with the Jockos and, and everything else, I, I think recently I've been listening to, um, uh, shoot the, um, the angry therapist. Oh yeah. Judge. Oh, that's yeah. Great. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Yeah. I just, that, that I love that guy and I, I love what he puts out and I love the way he puts it out and he kind of puts things in, in perspective, you know, and that's outside of security. And, uh, I probably listen to, um, I listen to my, my, I listen to some Trek podcasts, of course, Pelham. And, uh, I also like love me some winter soldier podcasts. Spencer and I traded a few, uh, podcasts o over that. So, but, uh, yeah. Nerd ops. Nice. Well, Hey, we just, we all showed a different dimension to ourselves, right? History, business, um, and, and Star Trek. There it is. Awesome. So Spencer, how do folks follow you? Where do they find you? Um, Spencer Corson, just Google me. I am Spencer Corson, the actor on Google until my publicist gets that fixed. Um, on Instagram, on LinkedIn, on Twitter. Um, if you also, uh, go to the safety trap.com, you can read, um, uh, all about the book and all about the blogs. And I link the podcast and everything on there as well. So, uh, guys, thank you so much for this. This was really great listening and learning from all of you. And, uh, let's keep this going. Yeah, absolutely. Pelham, how do, how do folks follow you unless you're sleeping for five minutes a day? Either through all things at Circuit Magazine, all one word, uh, so like on Twitter or, or, or Facebook, or if you want to look at the events that I do as well, CTG Intelligence, I have it on Instagram and, and uh, all, all, all that good stuff as well. Chris, how do they, awesome. how do they, how are they finding us or, and you? don't just find uh us at protection what are we at protection talk at outlook and uh you can catch us at conversation production linkedin instagram all the things johnny what about you sir how do folks find you aside from the app of course well that's what i was going to say i mean literally it's the best way we put everything into the app you know the podcast the events training a magazine it's all inside the app awesome well Chris, you, you know, kudos to you for having this idea to, to put all this together. Any, any last thoughts from you? Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm super stoked that uh, you guys joined this. This was, this was, was fun. So, so for our friends across the pond, we, we greatly appreciate you joining and we hope that we can do this again in the future. Awesome guys. Hey, thanks so much. Awesome. Appreciate this. See you. Appreciate you all guys. Right, yeah, it's thanks so much. Pub time boys. See you there. One ring to bind them all. Absolutely. The podcast of podcasts. It was great. Myself, John Moss, Chris Story, Chuck Randolph, Spencer Corson. Uh, 
what a, what a combo. I'm here with Elijah Shaw. Elijah, how was that for you? Yo, you guys did it. I mean, it was, um, it was the final battle between the Avengers and Thanos in Wakanda. And then the, the portal started opening up and Chuck and Chris started jumping out of it. It was, it was amazing, bro. I'm, I'm looking forward to the sequel. I love it. And, 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 and a great, great testimony to these Avengers coming together and, uh, you know, being more, the, more than the sum of their parts. I, I love that with new technologies, you know, Twitter spaces, Clubhouse, you know, it, it's enabling everybody to create something. And, and that right. sense of creating stuff and then collaborating, just like music artists, mm -hmm. I, I think that's got fantastic mileage in it over the next few years. Um, but this being a very, very long session, um, now we need to think what's next. Um, what's, what's next for you, Elijah? Well, I, yeah, I guess, I suppose we should probably keep it short and sweet. People have invested a, a couple hours at a time on this. Uh, a couple things for me is, uh, the biggest thing is I've got a training course coming up. Uh, I love doing training courses, but with my operational schedule, it's, it's sometimes difficult, but I'm doing a course in conjunction with ESI and that'll be in July. That's the uh, 23rd through 25th and that's in Colorado. So People can find me on all the socials or shoot me an email at e.shaw at industry-icon.com uh, and I can give some more information about the training. Um, and then the other thing is, I'd like to invite everybody to continue to support the Protector app. So we are five-star rated on both uh, Amazon and on uh, Google Play, I'm sorry, on the Google Play Store and on the uh, Apple Store. Uh, so we've got great reviews in, I get a ton of feedback, we've made some 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 tweaks and uh, and and listen to our listen to our users in terms of making it more interactive and so I invite everybody to check it out. There's a free version, uh, but ultimately we'd love you guys to to get a membership um, because the uh, the big membership also includes you into the North American Bodyguard Association, and of course we've got a counterpart which is the BBA Connect app uh, that a majority of our, our UK users use, and that is um, brought to you guys by the. British Bodyguard Association, the BBA. So again, we're trying to, that, that Avengers collaboration thing again. We're starting to do things over and over and, and using technology to kind of bring us together. Love it. And, 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 and actually, in terms of collaboration and, and shout outs, last week, we did a few shout outs for the people who are very, very active on the BBA Connect app. But actually, I've been really noticing some absolute gems and, 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 and powerhouses on the uh, Protect app. Uh, I'm just going to list a few first names just in case anyone doesn't want to see their second name there. Zachary, Maurice, uh, Barrett, uh, Latoya, Ryan, Suzanne, Maurice, Monica. Um, just yeah. a few people who yeah. have been really, um, you know, hitting it uh, on, on, on the app. Uh, uh, you know, it's, it's great. Somebody asked a question uh, actually today. What is the best certification for cyber? Um, mm -hmm. My answer was slightly nuanced. But it was nice to nice to pop in there. You know what I mean? For sure, for sure. And and I, I actually caught that exchange there, and I thought that was that was why what the app was designed for, which was someone has this question and and they want to get someone who has knowledge of of this certain topic and they want to get some feedback. And it's uh, it it pulls you a little bit away from kind of the general social media sphere where you know, you might get the trolls or you might get somebody just taking a guess or, you know, someone who then correct you because you didn't use the right punctuation. And instead, 
gets the question answered. In other news, coming up next week, the 27th of May, I have the Corporate Security Modernization Forum Texas. Some really great people actually coming to that, including people not from Texas, like Lee Orton. But, but of course, lots of, lots of familiar Texas friends. Uh, you're, you're, you're very welcome, texas.mssconference.com. Um, we, of course, are very much looking forward to our 9th of June Protective Mobility uh, Forum. That's in the cool. UK afternoon and the US uh, morning and afternoon. Joe Ortera helping us out a lot with that. So Joe! <laughs> thank you very much. And, and of course, uh, I've got his book. Um, uh, I, I recommend you, you, you also read his new book. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, 23rd, 25th of July is your training course. That's the next thing on my schedule. So please do check it out. Um, but John would probably like us to do a shout out for the magazine as well. Because oh, we I got to say this. Yes. So, so the magazine comes out every month, the circuit magazine. Well, maybe every six weeks or so. But one of the things that uh, keeps us on schedule is making sure that we have very timely articles that are, are written uh, for protectors, by protectors. And so if you are interested in writing for the magazine, I encourage you guys to, to get some submissions in or talk to us about it. Um, some people go, hey, well, I might not be the strongest writer. Well, we've got some great editors at the circuit. So if you've got the knowledge in your head, we'll kind of help you structure it. So again, you don't have to necessarily worry so much about the punctuation. You got to worry about the themes and again, kind of downloading that information that's in your head uh, into something that we would make um, accessible to the rest of the readers. Uh, so how should I get in touch with the Circuit Magazine? Okay, so obviously you can go through the website circuit hyphen or dash, depends what you want to say, circuit-magazine.com. And, and specifically, the person most eager to receive your email is going to be our editor, John, J-O-N, no H, J-O-N, at circuit-magazine.com. Uh, and, uh, and, and yeah, we'd be, we'd be really pleased to interact with you. If you've written before, we'd love to welcome you back. If you've never written, as Elijah said, we'd love to help you. So, podcast of podcasts, one ring to bind them all. I don't know if we can top this. We're going to have to try something completely different next week. Otherwise, we, we will definitely not top this. But, uh, but this has been fantastic. We look forward to seeing you on another Circuit Magazine podcast. You have been listening to the Circuit Magazine podcast. Be sure to subscribe and be sure to not miss an episode.